Welcome to Yope, your optimal personal economy, the podcast that empowers high performers to think differently around earning, protecting, saving, investing, and growing their wealth. We see wealth while encompassing money, also including other domains that hold significance, such as health, mindset, fitness, relationships, and diet. In every episode, your host, Justin Bennett, the founder and president of Bennett Financial, will discuss how he has been helping shift conventional paradigms in order to take control of their own personal economy. By taking ownership of your own circumstances, instead of following traditional methods, you can truly yield the results that will produce solutions in line with your expectations. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Optimal Personal Economy. This is Justin Bennett here. We are spending some time today with a very special guest. Uh, we've got Andy McGorman here with us today. He's um, a longtime friend, a longtime client, a, uh, a high-performing professional. He is a, uh, a, a great human being. We're going to get to learn a little bit about Andy and what he's up to and, and how our relationship over year, over the years has blossomed. We're really excited to have Andy join us here on the, on the, on the uh, podcast. I want to welcome Andy. How you doing? Good. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for the intro. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty yeah, nice. No yeah, appreciate so, someone once told me intros like, you know, you don't want to spend too much time talking about somebody because you're eventually going to learn about them during, yep. the, during the conversation, yep. right? Yep. He's uh, the managing director over at Wallach Beth on the professional side, and he's uh, directly tied to ETFs. and His firm is is a, is a pretty solid firm, and Andy is is featured pretty frequently on CNBC. And in fact, I think what was it this week? You were at a, like I a six. Yes, and I had a good hit. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's like six minutes, right? Yeah. Usually, it's you know they like to they like to talk more than they want to let their guests talk. So I've learned to kind of intervene myself when necessary. And what was pretty cool about it was, you know, I did it at 5.30. Usually you'd think, or I just know, that when I do it in the middle of the day, I kind of get more reactions because people are watching the trading. And I'm, I'm assuming with no commute, more people were just watching it, you know, because I got about five times the kind of exposure, let's say feedback that I usually get. And I think, I mean, it was six minutes versus 30 seconds. That probably helped. Yeah. But it turns out that a lot of people watching CNBC at 530 in the afternoon, maybe they're getting ready for fast money. Right, 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 right. No, that's great. I mean, and and you're, you're featured on that frequently. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I try to do it. They they try to space it out. You get in touch with more producers, more producers put you. They're all independent. It's like a giant independent network. Yeah. yeah. They all want to have the right guests. So if you're in with more producers, you'll get more exposure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. You know, obviously, we're not at the CNBC level here on the podcast. Pleasure to do. <laughs> it's great that we're in. I love the fucking shop. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think one of the things that I wanted to just pick your brain about was this idea of being successful. And I know that you're a humble guy and you live in that world of humility, which I, I live in as well and so many people around me. But, like, when you think about what it means to be successful, not just personally, also professionally. Like, what what do you think comes to mind? And, and uh, talk to us a little bit about what success means to you. Yeah, I mean, not to be cliche, but I, I really, it's just been one thing for me. The cool history of like, um, you know, multiple careers, if you will, you know? Yeah. Um, 
And I mean, like, you know, like everybody, multiple jobs in high school and college, but then, you know, did a little bit of an office job. I was in the nightclub business for a really long time, launched a spirits brand, which didn't ultimately work out, and then went into finance. But really, like I said, not to sound cliche, it's, but it's true. You've got to go into every opportunity, like, I'm going to be the best at this. And, you know, I, I think you have to go beyond the best manager, the best education, just personally saying like i'm going to be the best you know bartender and that was what i said and i'm going to be the best tree worker when i did that and the best worker on the docks when i did that and obviously those kind of jobs you're limited in in your creativity if you will maybe maybe not the bartending but limited in your creativity of what you can do and where you can expand but with that mindset that opens up opportunities because people go wow that guy's pretty good at what he does he might be good at this. And that was like how the progression of really my career started. And then in my own, each one of my careers started, I should say. And then in my own head, I said, man, I'm going to be the best at this because that's that's all I can control. You know, the industry can come and go and, and this can happen, but I'm going to be the best at it and really pay attention to it. And I really kind of do that with everything, you know, with fitness and yeah. uh, everything. I, try. I decide I don't get crazy about it. I have a balanced life. I like to think I do, right? I have challenges just like everybody else, but that mindset has helped me be successful for sure. Absolutely. And you know what? You bring up something that I think is is so unique, which is that attitude, that outlook, that mindset around being successful doesn't just apply to your professional world. I mean, right. you're married with your daughter, Grace. Right. And I mean, I think you're the best husband, the best dad, you know, the best leader. And, and, yeah. and well, my wife might disagree with that, but, <laughs> but no, I mean, look, it's balanced, right? Yeah. It's, 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 there's so many holes along the way in your life and your career and the decisions you make. And, and, and it's all about balance. But again, it's not, I am not the best. I just try to be the best. That, yeah. that is, there's such a clear distinction with that. Like, and if you try and that's the best you can do, you know, and, and, Different. I think the more personal you get, the harder it is because it's the tug of war of things you might have in common with your family or your work colleagues. But with your clients, where it's a business relationship, if you're trying to be the best for them, then they're really going to see that. And again, it could be any career. If you're trying to be the best in the service industry, if you're in the, and you own a restaurant, you're trying to be the best at that. Or if you're a realtor and you're trying to really represent the client, not yourself, in the best way possible, then that's always going to be consistent. The other things are obviously a little harder, so it's more about the effort yeah. than actually being the best, right. which is hard to do, and I appreciate that comment, it's hard to do if you're dividing it up into four or five sectors of your life. Sure, but, but isn't it true that if you are attempting to be the best that you can be authentically, not making, you know, like a, a fake effort. Right, you'll be better than average. Right, you're gonna be better than average. <laughs> yep. And when you're in a business that you serve clients, right. your clients will recognize that. That's what it is. Right? Like right. they appreciate that, they want that, yeah. and they want to know that they have somebody right. in their corner that can actually serve them in a way that you know, maybe other professionals inside of that business may not. Yeah, that, that's what it is. I mean, I'll, to give you a funny story with that, like, up, so in my finance world, you know, I would be considered the bottom of the food chain. So I'm in an execution business. So from the, you know, not to get into the weeds, but from top down, I'm just the last person to get paid, right? There's not too many people that I pay. So like, I'm, you know, I'm not a lot of people's clients. They're all my clients right. is what it basically means. But recently I had two clients, very high profile firms and very high profile individuals get laid off. And it happens, it's part of the business. 
Will it affect my business? Maybe, but I think these guys were so far up, they weren't the ones that were actually kind of paying me. They were like the senior people at their firm. And I literally had just, in the last 48 hours, had written them both letters saying, hey, I'm here for you guys you know, individually if you need it. And, and really the message was, thanks for always being there for me and not the numbers. Not, not, it didn't matter how much you paid me. It didn't matter if we had good years or bad years. It was that I knew that these clients were loyal to me. I was loyal to them. And if I needed them for anything, if there was a problem and knock on wood, there wasn't with my business or I ever had this point where I had to say, man, I'm having a slow month, could really use some help. I know they would have done it. Yeah. And just that assurance, that relationship was huge, you know, and you got to, you got to give it back and pay it back. And these guys might end up somewhere where they can set up a new account with me, but that is not why I wrote those letters. It's not why I reached out. Cause you authentically it's care about genuinely it. Genuinely like, man, right. this guy has helped me and my family for 15 years. Right. Right. And now he's out of work and who would ever guess guys like that get out of work. Right. But you got to be humble and you got to recognize that and pay it forward. So I told these guys whatever I could do to help them. But you know what? Like, I think what I've found, Andy, is that a lot of people listen to what we're saying, right? The message that we're talking about, and it would appear to be very simple. And yet, for some reason, in all industries, there's a disconnect, right? So there's not a demonstration of behaving the way that you're right. outlining, right? You know, so you, you know, you, you wonder like, what what is that disconnect? Why is that? Why is that happening? Why are people understanding and hearing? how to be successful and they acknowledge it and they want to do it, but yet they're just not doing yeah, it. You know what my guess is that people and I've seen in my, in my business specifically, and maybe in all businesses, people tend to react, get trained, or at least feel like they've got to throw in a little bit of behavior like they're being treated. Got and it. That's what you got to ignore. That's what you got to ignore. You got to say, Especially, like I said, I'm at the bottom of the food chain. I've got people that don't treat me good. And you know what, man? I blocked that out. That's part of it. That's about being humble. That's about being, okay, this guy is he's not going to be my friend. He's just going to be a client, and that's fine. And for everybody out there, like, if your boss treats you a certain way, you've got to rise above it, understand he's your boss, do not let that slow your career down, and most importantly, do not treat the people that you're managing like he treats you. Right. And I think that is what really is what slows it down. It's like not everyone, like you said, the mindset is easy to think about. To apply it not only means to do it yourself, but to ignore the negative influences and the people that are literally trying to stop you from being your best. Right, you right, know? right. Um, and not being confrontational with them. Because I see that all the time. Like, oh, well, Andy, that's easy. You own your own business. I got to report to a manager who's, you know, whatever. I get that, and that's a that's a big part of corporate culture that I chose to not expose myself to. But I see it with my clients, and you have just got to remember, okay, I'm going to humbly take this. This is my superior, or my spouse even, or whatever, and I'm just going to choose to not be that way, not accept the negative energy, not take it back. And I think that's just as big of a battle as paying it forward. It's not not taking it in negatively, not learning from that, not behaving. Sure, that makes sense. I wanna talk a little bit about this conversation out there, which is tied back to this, this COVID thing. And I don't wanna minimize it because it's a, it's a big deal. I think that there is definitely some sensationalism around it. I think that we're perhaps turning the corner with the vaccination being rolled out. I think that um, 
again, I'm not trying to you know minimize it. I know it's something significant, but I think you know whether it be a pandemic or another pocket of turbulence that you've either gone through or you will encounter going forward, like when when those when those pockets of turbulence come up, personally or professionally, how do you work through them? Like how do you work through them to know that it's not the end of the world? It's not going to be an irrevocable situation. It's not going to be a situation that's going to totally put you under to the point where you're living on the street or you're, you know, you're losing relationships. Like, how, talk to us a little bit about how you handle those po- those pockets right. of turbulence. Well, I think I think deep personally, let's you know, fair to every fair to the whole audience. People have different careers, but I think personally, we can all think about it the same, right? Deep breaths, right? Mm-hmm. Take a deep breath. I personally try to sneak in some yoga. I like doing yoga. You can't do it in the studio really anymore. I, I actually do believe this is a real thing. I'm trying to be safe. Try to wear a mask, you know. I don't think it's a hoax. And I respect that a lot of people have lost some people for it. I, I think it's hard really to find anyone that doesn't know someone that was directly affected from mm-hmm. it. Or maybe, you know, like that. Someone a degree or to a degree that had a parent or somebody that passed away. Right. You know, be respectful to everybody in that mode. I lost my parents a couple of years ago, not the COVID. I'm hypersensitive to people that lose somebody elderly and understand what they're going through. Sure. So that that's one thing. And, and and to everybody out there that lost somebody, I'm sorry. It's a terrible, it's a terrible thing, this pandemic. It's awful. It's awful to lose a parent or a loved one or or anybody to that. So I have a lot of sympathy and compassion for that. But you got to keep living your life, right? And you can't let it drag you down. Just no different than we just talked about, you know, less important stuff dragging you down. So I like to take deep breaths. I like this, you know, um, self-meditate a little bit, do some yoga. And that's just, you know, that just gets me kind of through the day-to-day basis. But there's obviously bigger crises, right? So when you go to work, again, I'm sympathetic. It's easy for me to say, okay, my business slowed down. Okay, but what about if you're in a restaurant, right? or a small business, and you're really, really suffering for that. Um, you know, there's this debate now, I think the minimum wage debate is fascinating, right? Because everyone's like, sure, I have a moderate, right? So sure, I, minimum wage should be raised. You think about all those people that need the money, but then you go, wait, it's the small businesses that have to pay the 15 bucks. Right. This will put them over the cliff. So really, from a business side, try to look at it from your consumer's point of view, and your point of view, and your landlord's point of view, if you own a small business, right. all of your partners, just try to be somewhat compassionate. I understand as, as, as well as anybody that you've got to take care of your family, and you've got to feed your kids, and you've got to keep a roof over your head. And that's extremely important. And health. Remember that health is your first priority. So solve that. Get that figured out. You know, Don't get sick. If you are sick, take care of it. Don't ignore that. Second to that, obviously, and I think it's fair, most people's priorities are their, are their family and their sure. kids. And then from, from there, you go to the next step. So how I manage that, try to keep my family in check. Try, they, they've been more stressed about it than me. You know, I do travel for work. I travel safely. That, that stresses them out. That's a necessary part of what I have to do. There, there you go. There's that, there's that element between my family not wanting me to travel and me traveling anyway. Right. Right. So that causes some friction. But you gotta communicate, you gotta find balance in that, which I try to do. It's not always easy. So personally, take deep breaths professionally, I think it'll pass, you know, all it'll pass. I, I have a good view of the markets in a lot of different sectors because ETFs trade the entire, you know, the entire world basically every asset class. I think travel and restaurants are gonna come back in a big way. So if you're in that business and you can just hold on Hopefully you can get a break from the landlord. Hopefully you can continue to get loans. I do believe the stimulus is going to come. So for those of you that need checks, they should be on the way. 
and that should help you. And I think the vaccination is going to get through April, May. We'll all be vaccinated. We can return to sure. normal. Might be here for a long time. Might be wearing masks on an airplane. That ain't the worst thing. No one likes getting cold with the flu. Right, right. Yeah. So you, you, you mentioned this, this way of being, which I refer to as empathy. You, I think, mentioned it as being compassion or sympathy. But right. like when you're, when you're operating at a high level, personally and professionally, like I think it's really important to be empathetic to your audience. Your audience could be a spouse, a child, yep. your client, an associate, a vendor, whomever, right? It could be yeah. the person walking down the street, right? right? And, and I think we as human beings sometimes forget about that. Right. We, we, we kind of sometimes measure this thing called success and we all, all, all of a sudden find ourselves like moving into this ego direction. Like, right. you know, like, hey, you know, we're successful and so therefore we are entitled to X, Y, and Z, or we should be getting this. And you're the furthest thing from that, you know, and, and there's many different situations and examples that, you know, I can share, but I think for purposes of our, of our discussion here today, when you think about this idea of being empathetic to the people inside of, you know, your world, how important is that to you? And how do you practice that on a daily basis so that you ultimately find yourself attracting really good people yeah. of, of all walks of life. I think mentally, there's a mental thing you can do, and then there's, of course, there's, there's an economic thing. We'll start with the mental. If you're a high-powered individual, which I'm sure many people on this podcast are, so let's let's take it from that angle for the people that are that are not going to what are doing well for themselves and, and, have, and are entrepreneurs, right, and trying to set themselves up for the future, you have to work hard, right? I never turn it off. It's what are we doing? It's Friday night. It's five through twenty, right. and we're doing a podcast, right? I, that says a lot. I know a lot of people that like, oh, I can't do it at two o'clock. I'm out. You know what <laughs> I mean? But Justin and I are friends, and, and and you know, I can see the value of this to you guys and your clients, and it's valuable to me. I like to talk the business and, and get and get Justin's perspective. So to me, it's worth it. But I'm always going, right? Could I be home right now? Right. And could I? And I'm always selling, and I go to places and do some different lines of business, and and people. Enjoy hearing me speak, but they can tell there's maybe like a little sales tinge to it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Where I'm always maybe on the back end. I mean, I do it real subtle. I've kind of mastered that. But but here's the thing: when you do that constantly, which I do, and I have to constantly remind myself to do it. So this is something I'm not good at, but something I work at. And again, we went back to just being effort is to listen. Yeah. You just got to listen. You got to stop talking for a minute. And I talk about anybody and try <laughs> to listen to what someone's saying. And of course, that becomes more important in your life from the top of your food chain to the bottom. And I would categorize the top of the food chain as your wife and your kids, right? And I would put your spouse or your husband first because usually I'll speak for myself when you have kids, it's like, the greatest thing ever and they just tend to be the priority and one of the lessons i've learned is like your relationship with your significant other is just as important and i'm always trying to learn that listen to them and then listen to your kids because you listen to your kids anyway right i mean any good parent is like whatever you want right so you're going <laughs> to listen to your kids and then it goes down then you want to listen to your top clients and then that's easy but it's just as important to listen to the people that service you. It's just as important to listen to someone that might be going through something. It's just important to call a friend and instead of just saying, I didn't see NBC for six minutes yesterday, what are you up to? Like, tell me what, what's going on with your life. How's your health? And and then listen and not always maybe interject an opinion. Well, this is what I think. Like, right. just take a deep breath and listen. Right. right? I, that goes such a long way and people... 
people see that and hear that. Like I just told you, I wrote those letters to those guys, and like, they don't—they weren't novels. They were small letters that voiced my appreciation out of not be an obligation or uh, or sympathy. Hey, man, I'm here for you. You just went through something pretty traumatic. Just talk to me. I'm right. here. Listen, right. I'm, I'm ready to respond and do whatever you need. And when they do that, and they've already reached out, you know, I'm going to do that. Economically, I think it's it's good in these periods to give the charity. It always is to try to find some way to do that if you can, or something that's important to you. I'm a bartender. You know, just give former me a bartender. Yeah, former. 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 Give me, but I, it's always in the book. <laughs> I could do it tomorrow, and I would. Yeah. Love, you know, I would go back to that career. It's a lot of fun. It's right. a cash business, you know. <laughs> but uh, but I'm bringing this up for a reason. It's something I noticed. So I've always been a big tipper, just simply because I'm not in. I, you know, I, I I get the charity, but I wouldn't say I'm like crazy over generous. I, I see a number that people have. I do that. I give more to things that I care about. But man, I'm a huge tipper. And it's not it's just because I was a bartender and I know what it's like, right? I did this 20 years ago and I was in the business of getting big tips. So it's kind of like you learn from that. So I was like, oh, I got a big tip. I'm gonna get a big tip. But what I did notice is I'm sure most of the people in this world agree is like tipping got insane. Like, okay, it went from restaurants to coffee shops. Yeah. And then you're like buying clothes at the Gap and the girl behind the counter is like, this is a tip jar. The yeah, Gap. yeah, like, yeah. It's getting crazy. You know? <laughs> and that would get, it would drive people nuts. And I, I get that, right? I get that. And it did become this kind of entitled thing. I and mean, you used that word before, and I was thinking about telling the story if we were gonna talk about the pandemic. That's the way it was. And I didn't care, it didn't bother me. I'm, I probably didn't tip the girl in the Gap, but I did tip everybody else. Yeah, yeah. And I would just keep doing my thing, but I did notice that like you, they wouldn't even they wouldn't even care, they wouldn't even notice. It was expected, right? Right. right. Uh, it didn't bother me, and I just kept doing it anyway. But man, in the last year, you, when you see the appreciation that you get for leaving a tip, it's uh, it has changed night and day. Right. I mean, and I've seen it's all relative, right? Fine, in a restaurant or a bar, you're leaving a bigger tip, but. But even like instead of 50 cents or something, occasionally even two bucks to the coffee shop or the car wash is 20 bucks and you give them 20 bucks. Right, right. You know what I mean? Right, like, you match the bill. You do it every yeah. time, but it's like what that does for those people. And just remember for the people that are successful and in, in now, you were probably once there. Yeah, yeah. And, and it may not make a difference to you, but what a difference that can make. But, but you know what? Like, and that's a huge, huge example. And thanks for sharing because that's something that we've talked about in the past. And you know, you are that way in all aspects of your life. But I think to your point, when you behave that way and you tip somebody well, it's not just that person that it impacts, right? But then they start to maybe look at the world differently, and it like yeah. lifts up their way of their their way of being, their spirits, and they're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to work hard and I'm going to re- recognize that if I work hard, like I have a chance to get like rewarded. Right. And there's a correlation between the effort in and the, and the, and the reward, right? right. Or the potential reward. And I think that it helps mold people in, in whatever it is, whether it be the car wash or a restaurant, a bar, yeah. you know, a contractor that's coming over to your house. If they do a good job, like, and, and maybe their workers are doing a good job, like tip them, yeah. give them a couple bucks. And how much, I mean, like takeout, right? We're all going to restaurants so these people have been not having certain people for a year. And I'm mean, usually like I probably wouldn't tip on takeout or maybe I probably would a couple bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I'm going to pick it up, delivery is one thing. I leave a couple bucks, but now I actually try to leave like if I was sitting there eating. Right. You know, I try to leave 20 percent for a takeout, and they're like, "Thank you," because no one else is doing it. Right. So it's just about getting those people through. You know what I mean? I mean, if I go back and you know those of you that are from the area, like 
Tommy's is killing it. So we go, <laughs> we go back to that. They're, they're killing it. I'm just you know, going to tip them less. Well, I always tip 20% on takeout. Probably not next year. Right. But it's right. just about like adopting and, and, and seeing where it can help and seeing where people might be struggling versus where they're not. But you're very intentional about yeah, it. It's not very, like you just you know, kind of like... very Because you know that they're not making that money. Right. right. And you can see by the reaction. That's the whole point. And I'm not doing it for the reaction. They don't owe me a reaction. But man, I know that I'm right based on seeing how someone's face can change over five dollars that's genuine yeah yeah that's not. and so your primary objective in doing that is to make somebody feel great about the work that they're doing right and then i think a byproduct of that is that you get good service right, <laughs> right? of course you're not doing it necessarily to get good, for the good service you're right? doing it because you want to help and them i know you're struggling forward you yeah here right. all day and no right. one right. right yeah and then a byproduct is that like they actually care and they're going to yeah. go the extra mile they're going to clean your spikes they're going to clean your clubs they're right. going to do whatever it is right. you know you know this is this has been great i think we're going to have to invite you back onto the uh on the show at least uh one five more times yeah we'll talk some business too yeah we'll talk some shopping at some point but you know this has been great i think um you know just to kind of close this out andy when you when you think about the relationship that we've built you know i mean i know you and i have as any good relationship does has an open line of communication you know and we've talked about a lot just when you think about like the high level experience and and the relationship that we've built I've, i've shared with you how I just authentically enjoy being with you. I mean, just what we're doing here today. It's it's huge. So, you know, just maybe for some of our listeners who probably are either clients of ours or, or, or have heard about us, you know, maybe you can, you know, just real quick close us out here on, on how you think that our relationship has been beneficial at a high level, you know? Right. I I think, I mean, that my career on wall street, had a nice niche, right? They created a category of business and I had a value add. And that value add, like many businesses, come somewhat commoditized. So I really rely uh, uh, on the relationship part of my business to do my business. But it's extremely important to have a relationship and trust, uh, which we have. And obviously we have that. But also I would just add, even going back to the start of what we talked about, about being successful and all that, you got you, you want to have a relationship in everything you do and then that's, you know, that's one. Like, I don't, I don't really like doing business with someone I don't have any relationship with, right? I mean, there's certain things you have to do. I'm not really friends with a great car dealer, but I still have to buy a car, right? So, <laughs> but outside of that, do not focus. Like, remember we talked about being the best that you can be. Well, you can't be the best at things you don't know and you don't understand. So one of the things I enjoy about our relationship is that I can rely on your expertise in the things that you know and I humbly in the finance, I'm in the finance world, doesn't mean I know everything about managing my own money. Doesn't mean everything I know about protecting my family with insurance. Doesn't mean I know everything about, so not only just you, Justin, but my other relationships yeah. in finance, I let them be the experts. The relationship comes in because you trust them. Right. So they might be the expert, the, the references that you get when you do your accountant, when you do your advisor, when you do your insurance are all important and you build the trust, and if you then have the trust, trust that they're the expert, and right. don't try to do it yourself. Right. right. I mean, I, I have set myself back so many years by saying like, I'll do this, this is this, this is that, and then there's no way I can be the expert to the thing I want to be an expert at, or, or you know? Right. Gotta rely, I, I, just like we said, if I'm gonna be the best at what I can be, well, I need to piecemeal out my retirement and let Justin be the best he can be for me. That's that's me being my best. Right. Not me trying to do it myself. Right. And I've always said it's 
It's allowing us to be aligned to create the space in your world so that you can fulfill your exactly. professional obligation and yeah. your personal obligation and not be concerned about some yeah. of these other matters. So yeah, I encourage all the listeners to do that. This is awesome. This yeah. is really, Thank really you. good. I, I appreciate this, Andy. This has been really, really good for you know all our listeners. If you guys want to check us out, feel free to check us out on the website, Bennett FG. That's B-E-N-N-E-T-T-F-G.com. Follows us on social. This has been really, really good. We're looking forward to uh, to our next episode. But thanks again, Andy, for yeah, joining thanks us. Thanks for having me. Real pleasure. All right. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to Yope, your optimal personal economy. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you and invite you to visit our website, BennettFG.com. That's B-E-N-N-E-T-T-F-G.com, where you can listen or subscribe to our library of Yope podcasts. Follow us on social media. And as always, please feel free to share this episode with anyone in your personal orbit looking to become better informed and take control of their financial landscape. Justin Bennett, Registered Representative of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ Northeast Planning Corporation, 1150 Raritan Road, Suite 201, Cranford, New Jersey, 07016. 908-709-0020. Securities products offered through PAS member FINRA SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Bennett Financial Group LLC is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0H88104. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or Bennett Financial Group, LLC, and opinions stated are their own. 2021-117908, expiry 3 of 2023.